0: Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital, tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. As marketers, we're consumed with algorithm chasing. I mean, this podcast is all about it. When it comes to LinkedIn, I've met many people who are using many different strategies. On this episode of Growth Hack, we bring on Judy Fox, and she tells us to stop chasing the LinkedIn algorithm. Judy started her career as a chemical engineer in 1999. By 2008, when the financial crisis hit, she learned the power of LinkedIn to quickly network to another job and launch an online side hustle that led to a six-figure consulting business. Since then, she's created the LinkedIn Business Accelerator Method to get millions of views and hundreds of comments through LinkedIn. Welcome, Judy Fox.
1: Woo woo. What does a fox say?
0: <laughs> very excited to have you here, Judy.
1: Excited to be here.
0: Really, really stoked on this episode because you have a very interesting perspective on LinkedIn. And we definitely want to tap into that mindset and figure out how that all works. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready to unlock LinkedIn for everyone.
0: We've had a lot of people on this podcast talk about LinkedIn. And I think what's really unique about your strategy is it's radically different. Can you talk to us a little bit about your LinkedIn strategy?
1: I will start by saying I think of LinkedIn in terms of long-term business sustainability. So the activity that you do on LinkedIn does not have to be built from a place of chasing an algorithm online. I think we think of other social media sites like Instagram or Facebook or Um, YouTube trying to keep up with the changing algorithm. I ignore that on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, and I specifically try to tell people strategies for networking, long term business and sales results, which comes from trust and leadership and positioning and social capital. And that is always irrespective of an algorithm
0: what does that look like when you're building a linkedin post
1: the first thing is thinking less about what you're talking about but how you're making the other person feel the consumer feel so step number one you're talking with everyone on linkedin LinkedIn comes from a place of many people are either employed or looking for work or they are business professionals and they want to get contracts or some type of opportunity, speaking engagements, people to download their podcast for potential advertisers to pay on their podcast episodes. With all of that, they're going to want to position themselves. And a lot of times people think in terms of, What do I talk about at people? Instead, shift it to what do you talk about with people? You are with your audience as if they are peers on LinkedIn. I would start there. Step one. (laughs) Step two is how you make people feel comes from thinking about emotions. We are drawn in by stories. Even if you have the most static topic, you can still find a story within something. You can find and pull out What happened? Even if it's a before and after energy, we still feel like we joined a journey if you give us something to grab onto.
0: You know, it's really interesting you talk about this journey and also talking about um, instead of at you, with you conversation. We've noticed that it's a lot of content on hey here's this news headline or here is this tip or advice you should be using in your business whatever your, your niche is and I think what's interesting about your approach is you're talking to you're talking to the audience but you're talking with them to sort of have a conversation and almost kind of lends itself to conversations is what we should be having on LinkedIn what do you think about that
1: That is huge because the conversations in the comments, for a couple of reasons, that is what drives LinkedIn. So number one, you are who you spend your time around. So not only what socially we see who shows up for you on your comments. So number one, if you have me as a podcast episode and I show up and we post about it on LinkedIn and I show up in the comments, that creates a full circle effect of real conversations happening, not only on the podcast, but on the full episode and what people could talk about. The power in that is, it's psychology. It's knowing that you take these micro moments of getting back to people. And when you give them these micro moments, they're more likely to book a sales call with you. They're more likely to trust you to show up for a sales call that they book. It's these micro moments of trust that add up really, really big on LinkedIn.
0: So give us some tips on creating trust. What does that look like?
1: The first piece of trust you wanna create for people on your content is, what do you do when they see the see more button? So we all know that when we write a post and it goes live on LinkedIn, they are only gonna show the top couple of lines, three to five lines of text. And that's gonna trigger that Click, 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 dot, 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 see more. What is after that see more requires people to trust your content. And you're actually exchanging one click for visibility for you to deliver value. I know that's such a buzzword, but deliver past the see more button. Give them something to see more. If you do not deliver past the see more and all we see is hashtags because I see that sometimes. You click the see more and you see hashtags and immediately your brain goes womp, womp, womp. Like (laughs) there's nothing there. They feel like it was a wasted click on your content and they will not trust the next post you put out. So people who struggle for visibility on LinkedIn, the very first place I tell them to look is that see more button. Have they created enough intrigue in their post Psychological, hey, I'm going to tell you something after the see more button and then deliver past the see more button.
0: It's really interesting the see more button because I think um, we've had a lot of conversations around what should be above the see more button and then what should be below the see more button. And um, I, I remember working on a particular post with you uh, on, on a recent one, actually, that we had, where it was I was posting a video about digital marketing and digital maturity and, and all these things. And what was interesting is the post that I worked with you on versus the post that I did myself on a similar topic, uh, there was a very, very big difference in terms of uh, its reach uh, and engagement. I think what, what happened in our conversation and what came out of that conversation came out into this post was that this post itself really created a conversation where my other one was kind of probably more at someone uh, uh, versus having that conversation with someone. So it's very interesting because I think we're sort of programmed that, hey, we're this industry expert in our industry and we are trying to share or almost not almost come off as that industry expert, but it's almost like trying to come off that, like that industry expert isn't what is what works on LinkedIn. What actually works on LinkedIn is creating relationships. And I think that's, that's a big takeaway um, for this. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you've created relationships on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. So I think the thing you just mentioned, which is being the industry expert, what I like to unlock for people is assuming that your peers could also be on your content, assuming that your audience and the people that hire you, they do know, like people who hire me for LinkedIn, I actually want people to hire me that understand how to use the platform. They need to unlock maybe the business or the sales, or they need to unlock why is my content not working? I am already posting. But you see where I'm coming from? It's almost like we as experts can be at the PhD, maybe the master's degree level, because we are, if you're an expert in your industry and you know your niche, but there are parallel industries that you can talk with that probably know the 101 level and can have a great conversation with you. And they may never do the services that you offer, but they have an audience and they have a network. So when I think about relationships, I first think, how can you talk with parallel industries that maybe even have the master's degree level knowledge that you have, but they just don't offer what you offer or they don't offer it the way you offer it. And networking in those close quarters, we always think to ourselves, oh no, but we're we're talking with our peers. I mean, maybe you don't wanna talk with somebody who's like, a direct competitor that you're not super thrilled with <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know, can I be that blunt, but um I I mean, I will give a big shout out to some of the amazing LinkedIn experts that I network with because I cannot work with every human being on this planet. <laughs> Nobody can. So and what I unlock for people is different than what other potential experts unlock. I've worked with and love collaborating with Michaela Alexis, for example. Me and her have launched masterclasses together. She and I are both experts on the platform. And it's powerful to do that. And one of the reasons, and then I'll let you back on the microphone, <laughs> it's, there's an actual sales model called the Soda Machine Sales Example. And when you position two products on a college campus and you have two soda machine, you have one soda machine sitting there, it does less business because there's no, there's either soda or no soda. There's, I want to get something or I don't want to get something. But when you, they've proven this um, with statistics and with numbers and with dollar signs, two and more soda machines, but at least two. Have a better chance of doing more business together. So Michaela and I collaborating on something, if if people resonated with me or they resonated with her, they have a yes or a yes to choose from versus a this is one expert and there's no, either yes to this one expert or no. So it's a yes or a yes.
0: It is very interesting because what I do on this particular podcast, we interview people from all walks of digital marketing. And there's definitely some crossover. I mean, you and I really don't have that much crossover because I don't do that much on LinkedIn. Right. And you don't have a lot of crossover with maybe like AJ Wilcox because he does paid ads on LinkedIn. But nonetheless, like I have interviewed people who do like Facebook ads and who do certain kinds of marketing in this. And like, there is definitely that crossover where like, yeah, they technically could be my competitor. But I've noticed that like, I want to lean into my competitors. I want to listen to sort of what they're doing uh, and then collaborate because I think we all win when we collaborate. I remember earlier this year when Facebook had to sort of counter what was going on with iOS 14 and Apple and all the tracking and privacy issues. And like, it was really cool to like sort of mastermind with a bunch of uh, social media experts who run paid ads to kind of say like, hey, we what's going on. I, I've had Tara Zeker on the show, interviewed her for, for from successful ad clubs. We've done a lot of this collaboration. So I totally see where you're coming from. It, it does provide this soda machine effect. Um, and now that I remember it when I was a kid and, and I remember seeing soda machines, it's like, you see a soda machine or you see a snack machine and it's like, hey, one or the other. So I think that is really really interesting
1: so that's why you want to so when you're talking about relationships and relationship building a lot of people get on linkedin again they want to talk at their ideal client and i actually pull them back and say let's first do a few things before trying to get in front of brand new people it is way more work to close a brand new client from start to finish for many many businesses." So how can you unlock that on LinkedIn is the power of networking, the power of positioning, the power of social capital, the power of referral. I love, um, is it Jay Abraham? I was recently listening to one of his uh, online masterclasses that was available for free. And I was, it's how do I say this? We we feel online, and at least what I end up seeing, is a lot of organic and how to get in front of new people constantly, like how to get new eyeballs, how to get more eyeballs. If you actually get some of the same 10 to 20 eyeballs every single time and referrals and social capital, you can do way more business than just trying to chase brand new fresh eyeballs.
0: You know, it's really interesting. In the pre-show, you were talking about this idea of how important is to also not be visible. Can you talk to us a little bit about that idea in terms of frequency posting on LinkedIn?
1: Yes. So I notice a lot of people come over to LinkedIn with a concept of how much it takes to be consistent or thinking about the algorithm. I understand where that comes from. What I would say to anyone that wants to position themselves as an expert in their space, a thought leader, for business, number one, you don't want to be completely accessible at all times or it sends a perception that you're always available, that you are not serving the clients and the busyness that you are experiencing in life because you're spending time hanging out on LinkedIn. So I have a CEO of a hospital who we post max once a week because that looks to her and her audience as a very sustainable level for a busy executive CEO. It would send the wrong signal to say, hey, I'm just chatting on LinkedIn when I have a million big problems to solve in my business, or I'm navigating relationships within my business behind the scenes. So that is the first thing. And then the second thing is, if you're posting all the time, you're telling everybody everything matters, everything's important. If you want something to be important, if you want something to rise to the top and you want to be seen a certain way, limit how much you're putting out and truly just bring to the top what is the most important. Because if you tell us everything's important, we'll think nothing's important.
0: I think that's super powerful. And it's very, very interesting because it does send some interesting signals. I mean, you, you've you usually heard in the past, and not this is not on LinkedIn, this is just across social, it's like, oh, she posts a lot on link, she posts a lot, right? Or, or he's always on social media, right? You hear these kind of comments. And it's very interesting, because LinkedIn is obviously this more business centric social media platform, this idea of like, oh, can they really be on social media all the time? Like, what else are they doing? Are they not running uh, the hospital in your, uh, the, in the case of your client, that they should be. So it's a very interesting concept that I don't think we hear, hear about very often, and I think we should definitely hear more about this idea that hey, also not existing, you know, in that week or maybe in a few days for a period of time, it really, it really sends a message for when they do see you.
1: They crave your content, just like you would crave, do you have a favorite TV show, some series you're watching that comes out every week, a favorite podcast episode that drops. <laughs> we crave what is new coming out. And when you don't deliver, people make comments on, on social media, across social media, you'll be irrelevant or you will drop out of the public eye or what is the other thing I hear? The algorithm won't favor you. You'll lose visibility, right? That is not the case on LinkedIn. The LinkedIn platform, the moment you can, and I'll give you a few strategies for how to hold on to visibility so you can just post once a month. You can post. I, for a period of time, I took four months off this summer. I was off all summer. I did not post at all. And I came back and my first post reached my entire audience. It went to 35,000 views and I have 37,000 followers. I think that is extremely successful (laughs) to come back with my first post after taking four months away. Because LinkedIn is like, Judy's show is back up. Like, yay. And that's how you should be seen as a thought leader. That's how a TV show creates an amazing audience. I was on the edge of my seat to watch you like season three because I was like, I like the show. I think it's crazy. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But anyone listening, think about your favorite shows. Think about your favorite online personality. If they take a break, you will literally crave it. And the first post they make coming back, you'll be all over it
0: it's very very interesting definitely something we don't hear very often which is post infrequently and don't post a lot that that is very counter culture to all the digital marketers and all the people that i've i've talked to on linkedin so it's very very interesting
1: cuz here's one more thing can you imagine being a thought leader can you imagine being Gary Vaynerchuk i'm putting Gary V in the hot seat so hey Gary V and If He does post all the time, but do you or me think that's his team?
0: We obviously know it's his team.
1: Exactly. So here's the kicker. What's powerful is he's built a platform that is sustainable. So he has a team, right? But if you didn't have a team, what is the other thing happening on his platform? People are constantly posting about him. So that's the final key. So for me, with this hospital CEO, and obviously she's... a got a voice and got everything, but we've positioned her in front of what I call ongoing visibility channels. Her ability to be, be positioned as, because now she's in the venture capitalist space. She wants seats at the table for opportunities. This is for anybody. It's who you network with. It's thinking to yourself, okay, if I want to get featured on the Today Show, what are my steps? And can I get in front of a producer? And can what does that look like? And the psychology of your post. So it's not about getting in front of everyone at that point, but it is in front of the right people and the steps it takes to get bigger and bigger and bigger media opportunities, PR opportunities, and getting people to talk about you.
0: Well, Judy, it's been great having you on the show. I really, really excited to get this episode live. I'm at, in the show notes. What we're gonna have is the post that Judy helped me with, and then the post that Judy actually uh, posted after being four months. And to confirm, Judy, that was the post about uh, 28 years ago. My dad, right?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So we're going to have that linked into the show notes to show you what, what really worked for me, what's worked for Judy, even being on a long hiatus, and uh, really excited to eventually have you back on the show again.
1: Yay. Excited to be here. This was so great.
0: All right, Judy. Thank you.